Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. This is Richard Gearhart. And Elizabeth Gearhart. Welcome to Passage to Profit on WOR 710 AM, the voice of New York. At Passage to Profit, we're all about entrepreneurs and new businesses and protecting them with intellectual property. Yes, we specialize in patents, trademarks, and copyrights at Gerhardt Law, but we've had a problem lately in that we have an excellent patent attorney who worked at Microsoft before he came over to the dark side and became a lawyer, and who specializes in software patents, but we keep pulling him off the patent work because he's so good at troubleshooting the IT. Yes, and we always need help with that. It's a real tough call. And he does that work really, really well, but that's not our core business. And so we really need to find someone else to do it so he can focus on the patent work, which is what he excels at. But it's really hard, especially for me, not to pop into his office, which is right near mine, and ask for help when my computer goes bonkers. I mean, he's right there, and I can get help in five minutes, which is, you know, a productivity issue. Absolutely, for me. convenience issue. Right? Yeah. So what IT company can get back to you in five minutes if you have a problem and would know what a small law firm needs and may even be able to send someone to our office right away. I am totally lost without my computer. Well, you've come to the right place because I think our guest today may be able to answer some of these burning questions. Dan Fusco is the CEO at InterPC Computer Solutions and recently developed a platform called Platform 365. Welcome, Dan. Tell us just exactly what you do and why you are so vital. I started InterPC about nine years ago, and basically it's a company that really honed in um, and helping accounting and law firms with their issues. You know, people have issues, they get frustrated. Their IT issues, not all the other issues. Oh, no, they, just IT, just right? Just the IT, okay. <laughs> so, InterPC, we try to bring InterPC with their computers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, those words don't mix. I'm sorry, they just don't. Sledgehammer computer, <laughs> Sledgehammer, or just call us, right, and uh, save the pain. But, um, you know, we primarily worked with accounting firms and law firms, and the way how we sort of differentiate ourselves was by putting their data on servers. It was really when cloud, the big name cloud was coming out. So we were pioneering that and forging the road for cloud computing for attorneys and CPA firms. So what does it mean to put data on the cloud? Well, uh, you know, that's a good question. And a lot there's a lot of mystique with the cloud. In fact, I think the cloud technology has been around for 20 years, right? I mean, you were working with Microsoft and they had this stuff way back when. What it is basically is data stored on a server. Though they created this 20 years ago, the reason why it didn't work was because we didn't really have the bandwidth to access the data fast enough. Now that we have like Verizon and we got all these beautiful big companies with all this data coming through, it uh, gives us the ability to have cloud computing. So with 5G coming in, what is that going to do for you? Well, the, the interesting thing is, is there's one big thing, one big problem with the cloud. You need internet access, right? So um, if you're in a business in New York City, the internet's great, but we, we're nationwide, so there's some places that don't have great internet, and, and sometimes it goes out. Um, and if it ever went out, what you actually could do is the cloud product that we have looks exactly like your Windows 10 desktop. You click an icon, and your cloud desktop comes up. It's a hosted virtual desktop. Um, but if your internet goes out, what you actually could do is use your phone as a hotspot to get onto the cloud computer. Fascinating. It's really great technology. Wow. And the 5G really speeds that up, right? Well, it's not as fast as if you had a direct pipeline, but it gives you the, the opportunity to actually 
access your data in case you don't have internet access. So it's like kind of like riding on a uh, um, spare tire, I guess you could say. It gets you until um, okay. to the point when things are really working. But it does is very very helpful. I've used it in very remote locations. That's another mysterious thing, 5G. Everybody's hearing about it, and it's like, what is it? <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> well, it's better than 4G, so. right? We know that much. <laughs> and we're waiting for 6G. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, 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 Dan, you started this company how long ago? Is it 12 years ago, uh, something like that? It incorporated 2011. I had no idea. For all you entrepreneurs out there and business owners, I believe the most difficult thing you're ever going to run into is how do you market your company? I had no clue, right? And so I was walking on the 79th Street past the flea market there. there. I don't know if you're familiar with the West Side, but there's a 79th Street flea market. And, um, well, a huge, big, great idea came to me. And I'm like, oh, I'll just have a little bench at the flea market. And people will bring their broken computers there. <laughs> that's how I started. It actually worked so, out quite well. But so you I was... brought your tools and you had a little workbench <laughs> and you would, like, unscrew the screen and replace batteries and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were the days. Um, actually, I, I would just book the uh, consults there. I do diagnostics there it was really ah, kind okay, of a right. good idea except it just didn't make a dime <laughs> but i got all these well, clients super fast <laughs> that's an interesting marketing technique oh, you know and then i just learned okay so i went to seminars and i started learning how do you actually market right and that's the biggest thing you can do is probably go get educated on how to market your specific uh, vertical and that's what i did and so and how did you do that i just learned from a whole bunch of different resources and i found out i took the idea of, of the flea market actually and i said okay that's not quite working um but what would work is maybe if i started going to you know accounting trade shows or something like that and then i could sponsor those and then i'd get asked to go speak on cybersecurity at these events so i started instead of the flea market i would actually go to real business organizations and and have a table so it was very very similar Oh, that's interesting. Almost like a trade show kind of thing. Exactly. They have them all over the place. Javits Center, the Small Business Association, got one of my first clients there. Yeah, so we know a lot of people in the tech world in New Jersey. And marketing is really a problem for tech people. It's, yeah. it's how do you differentiate yourself? Yeah, well, I get the names at the trade show. And then what I do is I have um, really good marketing campaigns that I actually have worked with a company with. And then we do mailing campaigns and then we do pizza campaigns. Like if you're a business and you want to have free lunch on us, you know, up to like 50 employees, then then we can come in we give you lunch and we actually give you a small little IT audit. So that's a, a marketing idea, which people love pizza, right? Wow. That's brilliant. That, that's great. Yeah. Right. So they get a free lunch and, and maybe... Uh, you know, we fix a slow computer or something like that. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, though, it really does kind of come down to your personal relationship or your company's relationships with your with your customers and your clients, right? Absolutely. And, and you were telling us before the show, you have a, a, a almost kind of unique approach now. You actually answer the phone when people call, right? And you, and and you have an employee that smiles when she types emails, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think those kinds of things make all the difference. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. I, we've all been on the phone when we have an issue, and then, you know, you call someone, and what happens? Well, they might answer the phone, but then it's the wrong extension. And then you get bounced around to the correct person, and eventually, what, about a half hour later, you know, you're, you, you, know um, you finally get through maybe to somebody, and who knows? They might not even be in the United States. They might be in the Philippines. And I, we haven't had good experiences when we've experienced it as a company. So what we want to do is we want to have a response time where, hey, you call us. If we don't answer the phone immediately, we'll get a response in five minutes. And the way how our desktops work, the cloud desktops, usually a resolution is 15 minutes. Wow. So if there is an issue, you know, 
It uh, happens fast. Yeah, yeah. It really, we try to um, make it happen real fast as far as response time. So you're listening to Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt and our special guest this evening, Dan Fusco from InnerPC. We'll be right back after this message. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. And now a word from our sponsor, the New Jersey Technical Council. On June 7th, from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m., the Technical Council will host the 2019 CFO and Investor Awards in Princeton, New Jersey. This is an annual event recognizing the accomplishments of financial executives from the region's diverse tech and life science communities. The Council is pleased to honor and celebrate the outstanding contribution of leading CFOs and investors. The keynote speaker is Richard Veldran, the former CFO of Dun & Bradstreet, and the program will present awards in four categories, CFO of the Year, Financier of the Year, Deal of the Year, and Hall of Fame Award. Join us for breakfast to meet and celebrate these distinguished leaders. To sign up, just go to the NJTC website at njtc.org for more details. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And our guest, Dan Fusco. Before we jump back into the discussion with Dan, we need to let everyone know about the rest of the program. After we finish talking with Dan, we'll have two pitch presentations. And this evening, a special guest, Kenya Gibson from iHeart. She'll be interviewing Elizabeth and I on intellectual property. So stay tuned for that for sure. And the pitchers will be talking about their businesses. So you, our listeners, will know who to vote for. So. Listen to the pitches, then go to the Passage to Profit page at Gearheart Law and vote for your favorite pitch. So it's G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com and the Passage to Profit page. And there's a contact form on there, too. So if you have anything you'd want to say to us, please fill out the contact form. We'd love to hear from you. Now let's get back to Dan and everyone's favorite topic, IT support. I mean, you've got to be in one of the most difficult businesses in the world because, number one, you have to keep up with new technology, which is changing all the time. And you also have to put up with a lot of frustration, I'm sure, on behalf of your clients because I know when it goes wrong with my computer, I just go berserk, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, like when we get a phone call, it's kind of like I, I love what we do as far as a business, but we, we do get a lot of angry people on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whether they're not happy with their IT guy or whether there's an issue with their computer. So it really is like having, again, back to that phone call thing that we were talking about, a smile on your face and really being empathetic with the people's frustration because they can't work. And, and it's in. But having that resolution, quick resolution, very important. And again, just a smile and, and understanding of where they're coming from. And at the break, we we're talking about very important IT things for entrepreneurs starting out. So you had some suggestions. Yeah, I think when you're starting out, it's a perfect time to create great DNA with your company. 
you don't want to build off of bad technology. If you're going to grow a company, which is the way and the mindset I think all entrepreneurs should have, grow, 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 um, then you want to start out correct. And the beautiful thing is, is that we can do that now. And so the first thing I would suggest is, you know, you get a domain with whoever, whether it be GoDaddy or, or Network Solutions or something like that. That's like the .com. That's the URL, right? You got so it. So it would be, you know, innerpc.com. Myinnerpc.com. Right. If, so if you go there, um, myinnerpc.com or my platform, cloudesk365.com, you could have your company.com. You want to make sure that you have your company SEO friendly, um, which we could talk about later. But um, the main thing is, is then you're going to have your email address, dan at myinnerpc.com. Right. And I think it's a lot better to have that. Um, again, I do a lot of cybersecurity talks. It's very interesting to be in front of 150 other CEOs and business owners. And I say, all right, how many people are having their emails at gmail.com? And 30% of the audience raises their hands. I'm just like, wow, that is amazing. Well, it's so easy to set up. <laughs> it's now. Easy right. in Gmail. Everybody has Gmail, but it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> you can do it on Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, but just like when you're not answering your phone, imagine if you're emailing a law firm or something like that and they're at yahoo.com, right? How much are you going to really trust that, that law firm? No, I'm not a Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you you're going to do that on a domain, which is highly recommended. You can build a beautiful website, super easy. You know, get something up a splash page, started for a couple hundred bucks, and have a front there. And um, you can always develop that, but that's a good base to actually develop for SEO and and all those good things. And then you're going to want to filter those emails, so that way, if you are having it on a computer, you, you access your emails on a computer, you're not going to get a virus or anything like that. So it's very important to start your protection at an early age as well. Yeah, yeah, that is important. I think we've had a couple times where somebody screwed up their computer with the virus, right? Oh, yeah. It happens once a year. And the emails that they send, the viruses in, are so realistic sometimes. And if you're just going blasting through your inbox and you hit one of those. It's... Oh, it, yeah, it's amazing. And and the people who are doing these these emails, they're they're out there for business. That is a, a multi-million dollar business, the, uh, the email ransomware stuff. You know, and the ransomware is probably the most vicious you can get. And that's when a virus gets on your computer and changes all your files and encrypts them, and then you can't open them. And then they say, that's hey. That's not good, by the way. That is horrible. <laughs> that is, that's a bad day for any business owner. So yeah. if somebody had their data with you, would that all be in the cloud? That, that's a great point. So there's really five steps that we take. And I like incorporating marketing with it because I think it's super important. But then the next thing you want to do, supposing you, you want a firewall, obviously, but um, then the other thing you want to do is have a really good antivirus that can protect your computer. If a virus comes through the filter on the email, let's see if we can get a program that will catch that and maybe put it in a quarantine. Okay, so that's the second step that you're going to have is a good antivirus. And the third step, and this is where most companies fail is they don't back up their data, or they think they're backing up their data, but it's actually not backed up, or it's not backed up the right way. So it's very, very good to do that. Now, the great thing on the hosted desktops is that you can back up your computer seven times a day. So it's absolutely phenomenal as far as backup goes, and it's super granular, which means you can get down to small files. So when you're backing up your data, though, yeah. should you be backing it up to the same computer you're using, or should you be backing it up someplace else? Um, typically, the way how the cloud computing is working is backed up in a different sort of container. Okay. In a different computer. I mean, yeah, you, if something happens to your computer, you drop it. Well, say you have a laptop. What you would want to do then is get some sort of cloud backup where it just immediately 
backs up changes. Now you can use like Dropbox. They're not great. It's not very secure in some cases. In some cases it is, but you might want to use SharePoint with Microsoft or you can use some of those products or you might want to have a program that takes a snapshot of your computer state if you're getting into a higher level of computing. So if you're an entrepreneur, you're starting out, maybe you don't have a lot of money to hire somebody with your level of expertise. Mm -hmm. How are they going to get all this information and how are they going to be able to set themselves up so they don't have problems down the road? Well, you can do research. (laughs) I would say here's, I can give you five bullet points of how you set yourself up. Get a good domain on the email, filter it out, make sure you're backing it up your computer um, with a program like Carbonite, if you're starting out super cheap and you don't have a lot of money to work with, which is true for a lot of people starting out, if you're more advanced and you want to talk to a company and get a consultation. Great idea, by the way. Um, part of the steps that I say, if you're a growing company, you know, call some of these IT companies in New York. Nine times out of ten, they'll come over to your place and give you a free consultation on how to do this. You know, they're going to give you the sales pitch for sure. But you can but get a lot of good information. Great information. And, like, they will tell you, look, and this is how your IT departments, it's free. You know, I, I don't know why everybody's not doing this, but they should, you know, get a couple of people and just take a look. They'll spend an hour taking a look at your system and offer suggestions. You do want to make sure they're legitimate and, and they know what they're talking about. But um, <laughs> Well, you could call InterPC. <laughs> Absolutely, then it's for sure. But to do that, you actually have 16 questions on your website that people can download to ask Absolutely. Any IT person. You can go to my website, put your information in, and it's 16 questions you want to ask any IT person or your current IT guy. Are they taking care of these 16 steps? And that's very, very helpful for any business. And you have a lot of other information on there too, right? Oh, yeah. Tons. I mean, it's a lot about remote working and how to scale your business, how do you grow with IT solutions and fun stuff that everybody wants to hear about, right? (laughs) I'm, I'm so glad you're here because this is so fundamental. The computer is the absolute most critical business tool available to knowledge workers today. And Mm -hmm. it has to run right and has to hook up to all the right things and it has to keep your important information safe. So if you are starting your own business, make sure you give some time to the IT computer environment so that your business can get off to a good start. Absolutely. And it's so much easier today. I remember 13 years ago when we started the law firm, we backed the data up on tapes. <laughs> <laughs> That's going back a ways. Yeah, right? right? Way to date us. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, so much better now. And then you moved up to thumb drives. <laughs> <laughs> and now you actually are backing yeah, it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. We got an internet connection recently. It was just great. <laughs> <laughs> it was just great. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> well, this has been fantastic. I, I, I want to thank Dan for uh, explaining all of this complicated stuff to us. You're listening to Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt. We'll be back right after this message. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearhart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearhartLaw.com. At Gearhart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at GE 
B-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And now we have a special guest with us this evening, Kenya Gibson. And we're going to be talking a little bit about intellectual property, my favorite subject in the whole world. Next to radio, of course. (laughs) So, Kenya, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me back. It's always a pleasure. It's always great to have you. So, pretend you're an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and you have questions about intellectual property. Gotcha. What what would those questions be? I think for myself, I would want to know, like, what are some examples of intellectual property? Well, I'm a patent agent, so I'm just going to talk about patents. One thing I was looking at a while ago, there's actually a patent on a tape dispenser, and... You know, the the thing that you put the roll of tape in and pull it out, and it's really complicated, but that actually got a patent like 20, 30 years ago. So anything like that that you invent or improve significantly, you should get a patent on. So it's pretty important to protect your ideas. Absolutely. So there's four types of intellectual property, if I can just jump in here. There's patents, there's trademarks, there's copyrights, and there's trade secrets, right? Patents protect technology or ideas, trademarks protect brands, and copyright protects original artistic works, and trade secrets protect secrets. So regardless of the type of idea you have, it can usually be protected with some type of intellectual property. And why do you think we need intellectual property law? I know this is like a loaded question. Well, what else would I make a living? <laughs> Besides that. Because <laughs> lawyers like to fight. <laughs> well, actually, intellectual property is established in the United States Constitution, and the founders thought that being able to protect original works through copyrights and protecting inventions through patents Uh, would help spur innovation in the country. So if somebody got a monopoly on their idea for a certain period of time through the patent or the copyright, they would disclose that to everybody else. They'd learn what the invention is, and other people could take that information and use that to promote the growth of technology generally. So by granting a limited monopoly for a certain period of time to exclusive use of the idea, It was thought that it would help promote technology in general. And the law part is important because patents are really worth a lot of money, and brands are too. And so if somebody is infringing your patent or infringing your trademark or your copyright even, that could be millions of dollars for some of these companies. You know, I always confuse the difference between a copyright and intellectual property. So could you explain a little bit of some of the differences? Sure. Intellectual property is just the umbrella term for the four types I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. So a patent is intellectual property, a copyright is intellectual property, trade secrets intellectual property, and a trademark is intellectual property. Those are all different types of intellectual property. So the copyright is something that protects artistic works, music, movies, artwork, photographs. And you get a copyright when the work is created. You don't even have to do anything, and you automatically have a copyright in the work. And then you can enforce that in a court of law. You can register copyrights, but it's not strictly uh, necessary. But the copyright automatically is created when the work is created. Do they expire? Do copyrights expire? They do. And it's a very complicated regime of copyrights and how they expire because Congress has changed the law on this several times. So anything that was created before 1920 is no longer copyrightable. But if it was created after that, then you have to look at the date of the creation. And in some cases, the type of work 
to figure out if a copyright has expired. So Sam, an entrepreneur, I have an idea. I have a name and I also have a concept for my idea. What are some first initial steps in terms of protecting the intellectual property of that idea or concept? Well, the first thing you want to do is you want to make sure that somebody else hasn't already filed intellectual property on it. They haven't filed a trademark on the brand name, or they haven't already filed a patent on your idea, if it's a consumer product or software or some other type of invention. So you want to make sure you're not going to be blocked by somebody else. And even if you decide not to file a patent or a trademark or a copyright, you want to make sure that somebody else hasn't gotten there first, because you could put a lot of time and effort into creating your business, and then you could find out two or three years down the road that somebody else has something similar, and they're sending you a letter telling you to stop. And then what do you do? Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, so we suggest a search of the patent literature and also of the trademark database. So the trademark database is the USPTO database, but it's kind of tricky because there's all these rules, laws and rules, And then the patents, you can be knocked out of the running for a patent by a patent anywhere in the whole world. So we have proprietary databases that look at patents all over the world. And you probably take a lot of the guesswork out of trying to patent something yourself, because I can imagine that's pretty timely. And if you're not an expert, you might be doing the wrong thing. So yeah, that usually happens if someone tries to do it themselves. <laughs> well, we, we have heard of success stories out there. And if somebody really, you know, can't afford legal representation, and this is the only chance they've got, it may not be a bad alternative. But the intellectual property system is very complicated. There's all sorts of rules and there's all sorts of case law interpreting the patents and the trademarks and the copyrights and the trade secrets. So you really have to have the benefit of this background knowledge to make sure that what you're doing is going to hold up if it ever gets challenged for some reason, if you ever have to pursue somebody in court, or if you want to sell the intellectual property. If you want to sell your business, then the people who are buying the business are going to have lawyers on the other side. They're going to look at the intellectual property. If it doesn't look good, if it doesn't meet professional standards, then it's not going to have much value. So if you can't afford it, it's usually better to get a professional involved to make sure that things turn out right. Well, I think that's about it. I learned a lot today. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to come on and chat with you all, as always. And I hope our listeners at home learned a lot, too. They can go to your website and connect with you there. What's your website? It's GearhartLaw, G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. And you can see Richard and my pictures on there. (laughs) (laughs) You know what we look like? (laughs) I think I've lost some weight since that picture, though. (laughs) You're listening to Passage to Profit on WOR, and we'll be right back after this message. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley, the Inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com.
Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And now for the pitches. So remember to vote for your favorite pitch when you're listening to these. We have two really great pitches today and really great products, actually. Just think about the one you like best, then go to the Passage to Profit page on the Gearhart Law website. You need to scroll down to find the poll. It's not at the top of the page. And vote. And that's Gearhart Law, G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T. Everyone gets one vote, and the voting is open for one week from now. So don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too, while you're there. Yes, and get your friends to vote for you. Your friends and even people you know who aren't your friends. (laughs) Pull the guy (laughs) off the street. And and your family. And your (laughs) pets can vote, too, by the way. (laughs) Okay. So you can remember the name of the show by imagining you're walking down a passage with a huge pot of gold at the end. Passage to profit. And may your passage be short and your profit be huge. We hope. (laughs) So now on to the first pitch. Our first pitch is by Doug Krentz. Welcome, Doug. Well, my name is Doug Krentz, and I am, I guess you could say, the commissioner commander-in-chief of uh, the company, the Jet Wet. The reason behind the product was because we are very active people. We're outdoors. We hike. uh, We mountain bike. We go to the beach. Uh, And the one thing that we always had as a family and as friends was we were always coming back to our car, either covered with mud or covered with sand, uh, and then getting back into our car and then having to clean my car when I got home. So we had a revelation one day and thought, why can't I just have a product where I could fill it up at home Uh, It was very portable, and when I got back to my car from wherever being out in the outdoors, I could just turn it on, and basically it would clean everything I had right on the spot. And so that's where the Jet Wet came in. The Jet Wet basically is what we call portable sport power washer. They're not like the uh, big, powerful power washers you see in, in like the Home Depots. They run around 90 PSI, about twice the strength of your hose. Our product is made out of a flexible canvas nylon exterior. It's a little bit bigger than a backpack. It's kind of a square, 13 by 13 by 13, and holds just about three gallons of water. Uh, It has a rechargeable battery built into it, uh, a carry handle. So really, it's that easy. You, You pretty much just fill it up before you leave your house, wherever you're going. You take it with you, and when you come back to your car, your campsite, Maybe you're out at a picnic someplace and you want to rinse the picnic table off. You just turn it on and you just rinse your stuff clean. So do you put it on the ground and then take the hose and spray it? Because it's probably about 30 pounds with the water in it, right? Uh, well, it probably runs. It holds about three gallons of water, so it's about 24, 25 pounds, somewhere right around For the there. water, but then yeah. you have the battery and everything? Does yeah, it... it's not that heavy. Empty, okay. actually, it only weighs about six pounds empty. So it's okay. very light. Okay. Uh, and it's the reason, the reason it was designed that way. Um, with the flexible exterior, is it keeps it very light. It's not plastic. It's not heavy. So do you wear it like some of those vacuum cleaners, or do you put it on the ground and spray? Yeah, no, you, you can. It has a handle. You can carry it. Most of the times, most people pick them up and just put them next to their car or leave them in the car and just clean their stuff right out of the back gate. Oh. And, you know, I was just wondering how much... Uh time do you get with it like how, how many yeah i don't want to say how much jet wedding can you get but i mean like how long can you squirt people down with? yeah you know? that's a very good question we get that and question does this a lot. work on brothers and sisters <laughs> small uh, children that's that's another thing too because at times it has been somewhat of a babysitter around the house <laughs> I'll, I'll put four or five of them out in the Stay driveway away from that grill <laughs> right <laughs> they'll have uh they'll have water fights out in the driveway uh it's a good question you can vary the water flow based on the spray tip of the device, and you can go anywhere from 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. It varies on how much you want to clean. I, just from a, a perspective of what and how many can it clean, it can clean three, four mountain bikes. I wash my whole car with it. 
Uh, you can rinse off a boat on the inside. You can take it with you when you're boating. You go out to uh, a picnic area. You want to wash down your picnic table, your coolers. How does this, does it have like a pump in it or something? Is that how it shoots the water? Yeah, it has, uh, obviously the battery's inside and that's rechargeable. Um, it also has inside what they call a 12-volt on-demand pressure pump, which means it only runs when you squeeze to use it. So it won't kill the battery as long as it's just sitting there. I've had mine in my car sometimes for three, six months, and I just pick it up in the springtime, and it just keeps running. So the battery is inside. The water's inside. Um, it has about a 10-foot spray line, so you can leave it in the back of your car, which is what most people do. They leave it in the back of their car, uh, and they just they, they clean their stuff off. Or you can just hike it down to a campsite, fill it up from a stream, fill it up from a water faucet if you need more water. But it'll clean more than you think it will actually clean. It's surprising. Well, being the IT guy, um, how is it? Do you mind if I ask how it kind of works? So if you think about a, uh, a water pump in your car, the water comes in, there's a bunch of blades inside that forces it out through the rest of the engine. Right. So basically that's what happens. It pulls water into the pump. It has, uh, I guess you could say, some sort of a silicon little diaphragm pump aperture inside. Brings the water in, pressurizes it, and then pushes it out the hose at about 90 PSI. Does it ever get clogged? Like, if you use dirty stream water, would that clog it? No. No. And the reason why is because there's a filter on the inside for the pickup oh, line. Oh, very clever. Yeah, because people <laughs> people used to do that. When we first went through product development a couple of years ago, they would say, oh, I filled it up from a stream. So are you the inventor of this? Yes. And so what motivated you to come up with this idea? Well, like I said, I was forever coming back to my car, a filthy mess for mountain biking. And I don't know, for those that mountain bike out there, you know, you go out into the trails for three or four hours, you come back covered with mud, and then you don't, you don't want to get in your car. Or if you take your water bottle, which you probably were thirsty, and rinse your legs off. So that's really what motivated me to come up with the product. I just wanted something easy that was lightweight for me to carry with me, didn't take up a whole lot of space. And if I wanted it out of my way in the car, because it's the way it's made, with a flexible, like, canvas exterior, I could just squish it down, and it's gone. So how did you invent this, though? I mean, what were the steps that you went through to develop the product? I'm relatively mechanically minded, so when it comes to actually building things, I'm pretty good at it. So I can visualize quite a bit of what needs to be done. So knowing that it needed to have an exterior, an interior, um, a pump, all these components came into basically the thought process of how do I design this thing? And so you, you really, you start. I, I can't say anything more to anybody else who's out there that's thinking about doing something. Just start it. Because what I could show you pictures of where it was three years ago. It looks nothing like it did three years ago. And now it literally looks like something that you can pick up at a store. Yeah, and I guess that's the uh, next question I would have is, like, once you finally got a working model of it, obviously you can't build all them yourself. So right. how did you go about like producing these? Uh, that's a little bit of the danger zone, I guess you could say. Um, once I had a prototype that I thought was good enough to get to production, tested it, gave it to some people, told them, take it out, play with it. I made about probably 10 of them, which isn't cheap because it's just not cheap. Then actually, to be honest with you, I went out and I searched out a company because I didn't have the capital to open a manufacturing company. I went to probably the best place that I could who could make it for me. And unfortunately, to some degree, I took it overseas. Mm -hmm. um, they had the facilities. The minimal startup costs for me were, were somewhat quite low, probably under fifteen to $20,000 to get them to go. 
And that's really where I started, and it's really where I'm at today. They still provide. I would give anything, and that's what I'm trying to do is to get it into the United States. Uh, it takes a little bit of money, though. Well, you have to also find the factories here that can even do it anymore because so much stuff has moved overseas that, yeah. like, if you want something done, you may, they may not be able to do it. But the question I wanted to ask you is, how many have you sold so far? Well, we've sold probably in the last year somewhere about five to 700, given depending upon where I've actually sent them. We just, the, the good things that just happened is I just signed up two retail stores. We're rebuilding our website. Uh, we sold, we, had, we ran a test in Cabela's last year, sold out. And I need, in the process of trying to raise some capital to get some more inventory. And I'm actually working with a, uh, a, a very well-known automobile manufacturer that wants to add it oh, to their great. catalog and possibly to the physical vehicles themselves. That's wow. That would be awesome. That's kind that's of like, like the, the dream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's that's where we're going. And, and, and the la- really, this has all happened within the last, like, I guess you could say six months. Um, it's time, a little bit of money, a little bit of credit card. We had a friend of ours that lent us some cash. You know, you, you kind of scratch and claw, and, and every once in a while, there's the light at the end of the tunnel that keeps you going. Yeah. You Are go. you looking for investors now, or do you think you'll get it from these car companies? Um, we would love to have some capital. I think one of the biggest challenges we face, to be honest with you, is just, you know, getting the product where it is. We have manufacturing. We have the ability to produce and to distribute. It's the marketing and it's the advertising is where we just need some help. Yeah, I was just thinking like marketing social media might be fantastic for that, especially if you're going to consumers, you know, yeah. and on Facebook or whatever, you can have those beautiful videos of yeah. people using them. And that's and that's what we're working on now. That's really our only yeah. obstacle right now is just, I mean, you could literally, you can create the greatest thing in the world, but if you can't tell anybody about it, yep. Yep. that's the hard part. So we finished I guess you could say part one, it lives, it breathes, and it does what it says, and people like it. There's great reviews on our website, but now we just need to be able to tell the world about it, and that's kind of where we probably could use a little bit of help. So if anybody's listening, you can go to thejetwet.com and check it out. Well, you were smart enough to come to Passage to Profit, right? (laughs) Right. And we do have thousands of listeners, so hopefully you'll get some interest from some of the listeners, but you were telling me before the program that this is sort of a side hustle for you, right? You've got like a day job, and you're doing this on top of it. So I think that's great. So tell us a little bit more about what it's like to do a startup project like this while you've got a day job. It's like two families, I guess you could say. <laughs> it's like two families, eight kids. Uh, you know, there's typically what happens is um, once the production side has passed, but even then, I'm usually up every day around four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. I will answer some emails. I'll go over some notes. Some of it is my real work-related, and then some of it goes back to non-work-related because I do communicate back and forth with overseas. And then there's typically I will either be out all day and I'll need to come home and sit down, and my wife looks at me and says, you know, it's seven thirty, eight o'clock, you know, it's time to kind of put things down. So it it's very time-consuming, and it, and it becomes a second job for sure. I think this is great for people who like to camp, like outdoor sports. Like, yep. I mean— I wonder if you could even like take it to a tailgate to wash down all the beer after you're done, <laughs> well, right? or, or, or wash your friends off after the tailgate. Right? <laughs> and we do. And actually, that's another avenue that we're going is we're talking to some of the collegiate branding companies to brand it for colleges, universities for tailgating is another huge market that we're going. To. There's so many different places we can go. It's just 
you want to get there, but it's one step at a time. So what does it cost? It's $99. Oh, that's not bad. No. And how long does it last, do you think? Life-wise? Yeah. Like as far as how long will the piece of equipment last? Yeah. Well, I would say quite a long time. It has a lifetime guarantee. Uh, I've had mine now for over four years. Uh, and unless you drag it down the road with a rope, I don't think you're going to kill it. Okay, real quick, your website, and then we have to go. Sure, the website is thejetwet.com, and that's the, J-E-T-W-E-T.com. Okay, everybody, go out and buy one. Thanks. <laughs> so, we are at the end of this segment. You are listening to Passage to Profit on WOR 710 with Richard Elizabeth Gearhart and our guest, Dan Fusco. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearhart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearhart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Now we are on to our second pitch, Cindy Brennan. Welcome, Cindy. My business is Mama Bear's Defense. People call me Mama Bear. I'm all about protection and safety. I became an EMT as a result of a workplace shooting. So, uh, I have some experience, which uh, I hope a lot of people don't have, but uh, that, along with some other bad experiences, including my grandmother being mugged twice and some other stuff, uh, led me into a path of personal safety. So um, my mission in life is to educate people and to have you prepared with products and information to help keep you safe. In today's world, nobody's coming to save you. We have to learn how to help ourselves, and there are things we can do to help ourselves. That is so true. And I went on your website. You have a number of different tools that people can use, right? Are they all legal in all the states? They're not legal in all states. You do want to be aware uh, we follow all of the federal and state regulations. Um, If you go on there, like something, but it's not legal in your area, we will not ship it to you. So we do follow all the state laws and federal laws. Um, the big thing is, but there is something on there for everybody. There are products that are legal. Pepper spray is legal in all 50 states. There are some uh, legalities where there may be certain rules. So again, you can always email me and I can help you with that. Or the household items. Um, we have uh, one product I love. I can't. It's been out there for years and people aren't aware of it. It's actually a doorstop alarm. It's great for dorms, apartments, you know, traveling you know safety is is a concern in everything we do we have to be aware and safe and it it literally acts as a doorstop and when if somebody were to try to get in it acts as a very loud alarm i have uh, friends in the uh, banking business and they said it's louder than their bank's alarm so wow Wow. and so cindy i'm i'm fascinated by the motivations that brought you into this business and it's really interesting so many times we start businesses because of things that happen in our personal life and, and I, did I hear you correctly it's saying that you were present during a workplace shooting? Yes, that's correct. In 1993, I was a restaurant manager, 
and a off-duty rookie cop shot another patron in the chest and shot a couple other times around the bar. Uh, almost hit one of my friends who was also a bartender and I happened to be in the back uh, counting money at the time and all I know is 150 people come racing through the kitchen screaming, crying, yelling. It's it's obviously a scene you never forget and uh, by the time I was able to work my way because I couldn't get through the crowd and I had no idea what had happened. I didn't know it was a shooting. I just knew everybody was terrified and, and running for their lives. Did you hear the gun go off? Or? No, no, I didn't hear anything. And um, we, I was in the back. I was actually in the office way in the back. So I had the kitchen between us also. So like I said, I had no idea it was even a shooting. I just know everybody was terrified and running for their lives. I managed to cut out through the restaurant into the bowling alley we were connected to and come around. And by the time I got there, it had, the place had cleared out. But I had a young man with a gunshot wound in his chest standing in front of me. And I had no idea what to do about it. So I'm not one to take not knowing what to do easily. So I then became an EMT mostly for my own information because I want to be prepared. God forbid, you know, this happens again. Or, you know, I, I like to be prepared. Let's put it that way. So, um, yeah, so I became an EMT. I volunteered for a few years. And down the line, I've been doing EMS commercially. Um, but recently I was injured uh, taking care of a patient, um, so I can't lift uh, with my knee anymore. So now uh, Mama Bears has my attention full-time, which will be a blessing because this is really what I know I'm meant to do in life, keeping people safe. Um, the Mama Bear, that's what I do. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very powerful story, and um, it's such a powerful motivation to want to be out there and to do positive things to help keep people safe. It's hard. A lot of people, there are people out there who don't want to talk about it, who don't know, you know, they're, they're scared. Uh, they don't want to talk about it and they don't know how to be prepared. But I can help. I can literally help them with that. I've, you know, I've been through it and I've been through a lot of other stuff in my life. So God gave me all this experience to, to use it for good. And as an EMT, you saw a lot of things, too. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, both in volunteer and commercial EMS, they're two different kind of environments. Um, in commercial EMS, I'm faced a lot with, um, fortunately, uh, psychiatric patients, and they're, they're, you know, in pain, they're suffering, and sometimes they want to hurt people, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of fear and precautions that need to be taken when, when transporting them. So when you were an EMT, did you actually have to learn self-defense techniques because some of the patients, some of the situations were dangerous? Oh, I, I've been amazed at how many times I've felt my life in jeopardy. Like, the, the unfortunately, there there needs some work to be done as far as rules handling patients. And um, that, that I was put with a patient who was unrestrained and they have a violent history is not okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, luckily for me, I know how to handle myself now. But, but I'm working with brand new EMTs who have never been, barely been in front of a patient, and that's not a good environment to be in. So I'm always, again, being the mama mayor, wanting to talk to them, you know, don't turn your back on these. There's precautions you have to take, and everything is steps, and, you know, it's not, it's about little life changes. You know, it's not anything about drastic. I'm not, you know, here to frighten people. I don't want people to be afraid. I want you to be aware. I want you to be prepared. I want you to know how to handle yourself in whatever situation you're faced with. So I'm wondering if you have classes that teach you sort of the self-defense. I have partnered with martial arts places. Um, I'm always looking to do that. This being the personal mission for me, I've been doing my seminars as a free community service. Um, usually I'll, I'll be invited to speak at a business or rotary club or organization. Whoever will invite me, I'll be there. So, and, but the big thing for me is 
I want you to buy the products. I want you to be prepared. Even if you don't buy them from me, my philosophy is everybody needs to be carrying something for personal safety these days. So what would you suggest? I know different states, you have different things, different people need different things, but if you could only choose one thing, what do you think? I know pepper spray is legal in every state. And everything, again, it comes down comfort. I have people who are afraid to carry pepper spray because they're afraid they're going to shoot themselves with it. Well, the good thing about shooting yourself with it is you're not going to die. <laughs> okay? yeah. You're going to be un- uncomfortable. You're going to be in pain for a while, but you're not going to die. So um, I've also had people come up to this day and they've carried pepper spray, but they wouldn't know what to do with it. Well, it's not going to help you if you don't know what to do with it. I had myself trained in the use of pepper spray, and I d- actually can do an on-hands training with a water-based spray because I don't want anybody accidentally pepper sprayed. I feel it's really important you get that hands-on feel. God forbid you ever need to use it. But again, we all know what's going on in today's world. You never know where you're going to be, and no place is really safe. So we need, again, know how to help ourselves. One of the things that concerns me so much is we have a, a young daughter who's living in Pittsburgh, and she takes a lot of Ubers. And, you know, we've all heard about the types of things that can happen uh, if you step into the wrong car. Uh, what kind of defenses would you suggest uh, somebody like my daughter, Carrie, to protect herself in case she finds this, herself in this kind of situation? Right. Well, with the Uber, there's actually a set of rules you're supposed to follow. Um, You're supposed to make sure the car is the correct car. You're supposed to check the license plate, check the name. They're supposed to be expecting you. With that, there are special rules that people want to follow. But, you know, you get caught up in what's going on in the night. You're taking an Uber because you want to be safe and you don't want to drive, you know, impaired or whatever. And unfortunately, there's still situations where it's, it's a danger. But if you follow the rules, you'll be fine. Um, but again, like I said, um, most of it boils down to is what the person's comfortable carrying. I have personal alarms, small handheld alarms. I have the pepper sprays in multiple styles. When that looks like a pen, I frequently have that in my pocket because I attend business functions frequently. So I'll have the pen in my pocket. So the pen is what? Is that a... It looks like a pen. And it's, it's a pepper actually, spray. It's a pepper spray. Got it. Yeah. It comes off. Andrew, our social media coordinator, saw on your website that you have a disguised taser. Is that right? <laughs> yes. One that looks like an iPhone, right? Uh, yes, it looks like a like like a phone. I have one that looks like a lipstick. They you wouldn't even know they're they're stun guns. There are two different types of devices. One is a they're very different. One is a stun gun. One is a taser. Taser is the one you see typically on TV that shoots a prong and goes into somebody. The stun guns you have to be next to the person but trust me when that sound goes off the crackle goes off they're going to be running the other way again what it's it's what you're comfortable carrying and so are your clients happy have they given you feedback on what are, what are some of the things they're saying i i'm amazed i one of my proudest moments was was convincing a man to carry pepper spray you know uh, god bless men but they have this thing where their ego they they don't want to carry pepper spray usually they feel they can protect themselves but when you understand, you know, you're going to be in situations where you're either outnumbered. The big thing is these criminals are out there planning crimes every day, and we don't have a plan of defense. So, again, one of my, uh, I have a number of, you know, male friends now either carrying pepper sprays or, or a device, something that will help give them an advantage. Hmm. So if the last shooting, which just happened, what, this morning or yesterday, has not freaked you out enough, well... Maybe you should get this anyway. <laughs> um, and you can go to Cindy's website at mamabearsdefense.com, M-O-M-M-A-B-E-A-R-S, 
D-E-F-E-N-S-E.com. So it's Mama Bears, plural, defense.com. Correct. Passage to Profit on WOR 710 with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart and our guest, Dan Fusco. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearhart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearhartLaw.com. At Gearhart Law, we have you. Years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. And remember, everyone, go to the Passage to Profit page at GearheartLaw.com, G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com, and vote for your favorite project. So in summary, our guest was Dan Fusco with CloudDesk365.com. And if you go there, you can find out a lot about what you need to know about hiring an IT person, and you can download the 16 questions to ask them. And if you want to call Dan and talk to him directly, his phone number is 877-488-6972. So for our pitches, we had Doug Krentz with Jet Wet USA, which is a portable pressure washer, jetwetusa.com. And we had Cindy Brennan with Mama Bear's Defense, mamabearsdefense.com, plural, with defense tools for everybody, basically. Yeah, get your iPhone taser there. So that sounds like so much fun. (laughs) 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 So Google Passage to Profit and make your choice. Remember, you can only vote once, and you have until next Sunday at 8 p.m. to vote. This evening's pitch contestants will receive a Passage to Profit t-shirt, and the best overall vote-getter for the show will receive a professionally produced video of their pitch, a $500 value. That'll really get your marketing kick started. There you go. And it goes on our YouTube channel, too. So another you get place exposure on the internet. there, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a fantastic deal. To wrap up, we would like to thank our media maven, Kenya Gibson, our wonderful producer, Noah Fleischman, our amazing engineer, Rob Barretts, and the whole iHeart team. And don't forget to join us next week for another excellent speaker and another round of pitchers. And listeners, you can start thinking about what your pitch will be. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart on iHeartRadio with Passage to Profit, WOR 710, the voice of New York. 